Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Driverless cars have been buzzing around San Francisco city streets for a while. In August, state regulators approved robo-taxi companies Waymo and Cruise to start offering paid rides throughout the city at any time of the day or night. But as the cars have become more common, we've also heard more stories about their bizarre driving behavior, from stalling in traffic to blocking emergency vehicles. Many human drivers and pedestrians are already fed up with this new technology. But there's another city where the robo-taxi rollout seems to be going much more smoothly, where residents and elected leaders are welcoming autonomous vehicles with open arms. Phoenix, Arizona. That's where Chronicle reporter Ricardo Cano recently paid a visit. Today on Fifth Emission, producer Keith Manconi spoke to Ricardo about why the driverless car revolution seems to be playing out so differently over there. But first, they took a Waymo ride together. It's my first trip ever in a driverless car a Waymo ride through San Francisco's dense downtown. We're headed for Chinatown. The Waymo's calming music is definitely nice, but I still have a bit of a funny feeling as the car begins to move forward with no one in the driver's seat. Heading to Bo Hun Restaurant. My travel companion, Ricardo Cano, seems unfazed. About how many rides have you taken at this point, do you think, if you had to estimate? I want to say it's about 20, um, maybe two dozen um, at this point. Ricardo has been covering the emerging autonomous vehicle industry for the Chronicle since last year. Now it seems like robo-taxis, with their spinning sensors bulging out of their tops, are just about everywhere in the city. Still, these cars have some odd habits. Our Waymo ride picked us up at our newsroom on Fifth and Mission, and its plan to get us to Chinatown includes a lot of odd turns and detours. You know, it's gonna, it's going south, north, east, west. Um, <laughs> we're, go- we're going further away from our destination before we get closer to our destination. Yeah, and that's, um, that's common. Rather than taking the most direct route, Waymo cars often opt for quieter, safer streets. They also follow the speed limit to a fault. The Waymos at least drive like an overly cautious driver, like a, like a paranoid driver, right? When you're driving down the highway and you see a CHP officer with a radar gun, you're going to keep, you know, a safe distance from the vehicles in front of you. You're going to follow all the rules. The difference is that autonomous vehicles, also known as AVs, take that cautious approach all the time. And that often irritates the human drivers on the road. That honk directed at our Waymo. For some reason, after we got out and closed the door, the car just sat in the road, blocking traffic for several seconds. That was great. The second we got out, somebody was honking at the Waymo. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of robo-taxi road rage is common among San Francisco drivers. 
many of whom have been alarmed by the hiccups that have already occurred in the rollout of this technology. San Francisco is not the only city where autonomous vehicles have been hitting the roads in big numbers. Phoenix, Arizona, the nation's fifth largest city, has been the other major testing ground for this technology. There, Waymo has actually been offering fully driverless rides since 2020. And unlike in San Francisco, where users need to join a waitlist to use the service, in Phoenix, it's already fully open to the public. So arguably, Phoenix is even further along than San Francisco. In some respects, yes. And and in, it's in these two cities, right, where we're starting to see how is this, you know, grand experiment unfolding? Are people getting accustomed to it? Are people embracing the technology? Is the technology proving that it can operate safely, conveniently, without incident? Hoping to answer those questions, Ricardo recently decided to make a little reporting visit to Phoenix. After spending some time there... Ricardo says he found a city that seems not just more trusting of this new tech, but downright excited to use it. That welcoming Arizona embrace began years ago under the leadership of the state's then-governor, Doug Ducey. He wanted Arizona to, you know, carve its own slice out of that industry. And so what he did in 2015 was sign an executive order that basically said companies can test their technology here and They can do it in an environment where there's going to be little regulation or oversight. It hasn't all been smooth sailing. In 2018, a self-driving Uber car struck and killed a 49-year-old woman in Tempe, the first pedestrian death caused by an AV. While the incident did stoke a backlash, it did not spur major new restrictions on the technology. And by the time Ricardo made it to Phoenix, the city seems to have largely put aside those early misgivings. What's fascinating is that you can see what San Francisco could be a year or two from now, where you walk the streets of downtown, through the row of lively bars, Waymo robo-taxis pulling up every couple of minutes or so, picking up people, taking them home for the night. Surveying that scene is how Ricardo met Wesley Kleitch, a bartender at Seamus McCaffrey's Irish Pub and a fan of AVs himself. They work really, really well, as long as they continue to work well, and I'm all for it. You know, Wesley told me that he's seeing uh, patrons being dropped off by these peculiar black and white robo-taxis more frequently, you know, more often seeing folks leaving in Waymo taxis. Uh, You use it as well? Yep. May I ask, like, what's your... I, I enjoy it tremendously. Yeah, well, if you want to get a sense of how a city is feeling, I guess talk to the local bartenders. They they have a chance to talk to a lot of other people. What did he tell you? What's his sense of how the city as a whole is feeling about this technology? So first off, you're not going to see the hostility that we talked about earlier toward the robo-taxis. They, they run smoothly. They don't seem to get in the way. I've, I haven't heard anybody have a bad thing to say about them. Yeah. In certain areas like downtown Phoenix, like the ASU campus in Tempe, you you do start to see, you know, a clear sense that for some people, this has been the way that they've been, you know, getting around the area for a while now. It seems, you know, second nature to them to hail driverless robo-taxi ride and get in the car and get to where they need to get going. 
And that's, you know, that's that transition, I feel, that that's happening in real time. Whether it's a fad that'll keep on going after the novelty's worn off, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it will. All right, well, that was the bottom-up perspective, how average residents are feeling about all this. Let's take the top-down perspective now. Uh, you had a chance to speak with Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego. Tell us about her perspective. For the most part, you know, local officials there say that they embrace the technology. Phoenix Sky Harbor was the first airport where you can take an autonomous vehicle, in our case from SkyTrain, and that's a point of pride for us. You know, in Phoenix, the mayor told me that the fire department has not documented any incidents where Waymo robo-taxis interfered with their first response efforts, even though, you know, there's still isolated incidents where, where they do go viral. But outside of that, you know, hasn't, hasn't interfered with public transit. So that's been a big difference in terms of how the technology is faring in Phoenix versus San Francisco. So in general, we're seeing fewer problems. We're seeing officials welcome this technology with open arms. What do you think from their perspective the promise of this technology is? What's the upshot? What could it deliver to their city? She's pretty bullish on this technology. She uses it herself, you know, in her her private life. I took one on my last date. Sometimes when you take an Uber, the driver reacts to having the mayor in the car. Waymo doesn't care. One of the reasons the mayor told me she believes that in this technology is she pointed to recent deaths by, by city employees who were involved in distracted or drunk driving. I am hopeful that this technology will help reduce that. An autonomous vehicle does not drink too much alcohol or break up with its girlfriend. Part of it is the hope that this technology could measurably curb you know, these kinds of incidents. Part of it is how they've been performing. And I suspect for the entire time I am a mayor of the city, most people will continue to drive cars. But we do need to prepare for a future where the transportation mix changes a lot. Why is the story of driverless car technology shaping up so differently in Phoenix than San Francisco? After a quick break, transportation reporter Ricardo Cano and Fifth Emission producer Keith Manconi discuss how part of the answer could lie in the streets themselves. You're listening to Fifth Emission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Transportation reporter Ricardo Cano and producer Keith Manconi continue their Waymo ride and their conversation about why robo-taxis have been so much more warmly embraced in Phoenix than in San Francisco. I have no idea where we're at. <laughs> okay. uh, I 
That is the panicked moment when Ricardo and I realized that our Waymo for our return trip to the office had actually stopped a full block away from where we had hailed it. We immediately tore off sprinting through Chinatown. As we rounded a corner, to our absolute horror, we saw our Waymo blocking a line of cars, patiently waiting for us in the middle of a narrow one-lane road. And as our drive continued, we got yet more reminders of just how challenging of a place to drive San Francisco can be, for robot and human drivers alike. You're seeing, you know, we just passed Market Street, where there's a lot of pedestrians out and about, muni buses, bus stops, you know, all these variables that really make this, you know, if this were Mario Kart, it'd be like the rainbow road of, of you know, cities, right? Whether you get that very 90s reference or not, the point is there is a lot going on on SF streets. Phoenix, meantime, is a totally different story. In Phoenix, it's it's designed in a way that, that's intended to prioritize the movement of cars. You know, every major um, roadway in Phoenix, where it's, it's a grid-like system, has three lanes in each direction, has a lot more space than what we see here. When you're dealing with a more expansive terrain for cars, it eliminates, I felt, you know, those potentials for conflict. So thinking back on our ride, it's very striking that for a lot of the people that were annoyed by our Waymo car's decision, that might have been the first time that they interacted with the Waymo or one of the first of a few times that they've interacted with the Waymo. And if it is annoying for them that time, that is an impression that they're going to take with them going forward. And as this rollout continues, those sorts of impressions, I imagine just one stacks up on top of another, on top of another, on top of another... And eventually, potentially, the whole city could be against this company and this technology. Yeah, I mean, so that's what, you know, essentially what we've seen unfold in San Francisco, right? Depending on how you're interacting with robo-taxis, what your experience has been, your personal experience, if you've ridden a bike and almost been cut off by one, if you're a pedestrian and had a close call, if you're behind the wheel and they stall in front of you, you know, those are the situations that have fueled some of the skepticism, some of the opposition, right? On the other hand, you know, you do get used to it. That novelty of that first ride does wear off. And for some, they're already using it as their means of getting around the city every day. And so it's fascinating to see those those divergent experiences play out in the public discourse for San Francisco. Right. We certainly don't want to give the wrong impression. There are people in San Francisco as well that are using and embracing this technology already. Uh, Very quickly, I think it's just worth acknowledging maybe another difference between the experience in Phoenix and the experience in San Francisco is we have been living up close and personal with the tech sector for many years at this point. We have experienced the rollout of other technologies up close and personal. So, you know, we've I think some San Franciscans feel like we've we've seen this story play out before and they're maybe extra wary. Yeah. You know, the history, the 
the lived experience that the city has had as, you know, really an innovator, that's factored into the opposition from public officials, the opposition from the public here. You know, this is where Uber and Lyft got their start. This is where the ride-hailing experiment unfolded. And that really kind of fueled fears of, you know, are we going to see that same exact, you know, thing unfold with robo-taxis where, you know, the companies without really any restraints flooded downtown with, with their taxis. A lot of the attendant congestion problems that the city faces in this area is something that, you know, started with Uber and Lyft. And it's been something that that we see, you know, we continue to see today. Right. So because of all this wariness, these companies are, in a lot of ways, trying to be on their best behavior. So what does this mean for the rollout that we should expect in, you know, San Francisco as it expands and potentially in other cities when it expands there as well? Uh, I I guess to start with, uh, fair to say that these companies are going slower than they could be. And one of the reasons why, you know, we're, we're seeing that pace is because I think the companies understand just, you know, really what's at stake in the macro, right? For this technology to be adopted at like a societal scale and for, you know, it to proliferate not just in the Phoenixes and San Francisco's, but really, you know, across the country, you know, you do need to kind of win the hearts and minds of of the broader public and at least, you know, develop a, a tolerance or or get people to become accustomed to seeing this technology operate and and operate without incident, operate safely. And so that's one of the reasons, right, that we're not seeing, you know, this this intense proliferation of them right now. It certainly feels like, you know, it's become more common to see a Waymo or a cruise taxi in San Francisco, you know, especially this year. But, you know, they're still operating, as far as we know, under a thousand taxis combined in the city Right. So it seems like there's still a lot of doubt. It's hard to say how fast this rollout will continue. Do you think that you learned anything about where we should expect that rollout to happen based on your reporting? Would uh, we expect maybe cities like L.A., which are also very drivable, to be more appealing to these robo-taxi companies rather than another city like San Francisco with such complicated geography? Cities that are designed the same ilk as Phoenix are more likely to not encounter the same growing pains that we've seen in San Francisco. You know, having said that, this is still very early in the broader timeline of self-driving technology. There's a lot of meaty questions that we really don't know right now. You know, the big question, right, is how are cities going to adopt this technology the case studies right now are unfolding in real time and they're happening in San Francisco and they're happening in Phoenix. We've had a front row seat to it. We're going to continue to have that front row seat. And, you know, really they're going to influence how the trajectory that this technology takes. Well, Ricardo Cano, uh, thank you so much for breaking down this new technology for me and for being my guide on my very first ever Waymo ride. It was a lot of fun. I had fun too. Happy to do it, Keith. 
Ricardo Cano covers transportation for The Chronicle. Read more about his recent reporting in Phoenix, Arizona online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. This episode was reported and produced by Fifth Emission producer Keith Manconi. The team includes audio engineer Gary Baca, editor Sarah Feldberg, and co-host Laura Wenis. I'm Cecilia Lay. Thanks for listening. We did it. We did it. <laughs> I survived my first rainbow riot. Yeah.